Welcome to a Reaction Monday edition of the Broncos Blitz podcast. My name is Ryan Green. Sean Drotar is joining me today. Today's podcast, of course, brought to you by Tap 14, one of the best bars in Denver, all of Denver. It's located at 1920 Blake Street. It's got a rooftop bar, which would be absolutely perfect today if you have some time this afternoon to go drinking. It seems like it's going to be just a wonderful day here in Denver. 70 Colorado beers, 100 Colorado distilled spirits, and a menu that will leave you just, you know, walking slow. But that's for a good reason, because you just will not be able to stop eating. Again, Tap 14. It's above Haters & Co., just a half a block away from, from Coors Field. It's just a great, great place to be in Denver. Let's move on to the podcast. Sean, wow. I mean, wow. Like, <laughs> it's really all I can one, say, yeah. yeah. If you listen to the last podcast, more right. accurately, if you listen to the last two podcasts, I picked the Broncos' opponents. So, so uh, keep doing that. Right. I, I, I won't change. It doesn't matter. The, the Broncos can play the Little Sisters of the Poor at some point, and I will pick them. So okay. uh, it, it, we have to, you know, whatever happening is, whatever's happening is working, so I guess that'll... That'll be the case, but I, uh, you were very bullish on the Broncos' chances. Yes, the fact I that was. I was surprised by it, and don't lie to me and said you saw this coming. <laughs> no, forty-two points again. It, it's been since two thousand fourteen since the Broncos have scored over forty, and so I mean that a, a late pick six certainly helped that. But even still, this type of dominating performance where it was thirty-five ten at one point, that is something I did not expect. Let's start with, obviously, the matchup that everyone had circled on their calendars since the schedule really came out, and that was Zeke against this run defense. Wow. I mean, anytime you can hold Zeke Elliott to fewer rushing yards than Tom Brady, you've done a very, very good job. Tom Brady with nine rushing yards, Zeke Elliott with eight. Uh, Trevor Simeon had 14. Right. I I think the Broncos did what they wanted to do, but was that more of... The defense just stopping them, or the offense also doing well enough to get the Cowboys into throwing situations? Well, you're, you're right. What it is, it was a little bit of both. And in Ezekiel Elliott's case, look, this is, I, I would venture to say, I didn't watch him when he was in Pop Warner, but uh-huh. this is probably the worst game of his life. He, it's hard to believe that at any point he's ever had a, a tougher time. He was asked after the game, if you can remember, being held to that few rushing yards or less than 10, and he said never. It's never happened. And I believe that. That's a stat that I can believe. Yeah, it, he really basically did almost nothing in that game. And uh, early on, it's both. And here's why it's both. Early on in the game, this game was close. It was 7-0 after one. It, it was still a game in the first seven, half. 7-7, really, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and so it was absolutely a, t- a tight enough game where you know that they'd want to get Ezekiel Elliott going, and he just couldn't get it going. The Broncos' defense is not renowned for stopping the run, at least not until the last two weeks. But they, everyone does know when you look at it that they have terrific speed on the outside. With Shaq Barrett and Vaughn Miller, you're not going to get too many plays where you can just toss right or toss left and get out to the edge. So teams do maybe move away from that in the playbook, and they run up mm-hmm. the middle, which was very successful for teams against the Broncos last year. And given some of the injury issues, you thought it might be a concern for the Broncos this year. But Adam Gotsis, again, played well. Demata Pecco, uh, by the way, I, I was wrong on him, too. I've been wrong on everything. I don't know why you have me on this podcast. I'm wrong about everything. Oh, I'm here to shame you. This yeah, is that's everything. basically it. <laughs> uh, D'Amato Pecco has way more uh, gas left in the tank than I had thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they have to limit his snaps, certainly, but when he's on the field, he's impactful. 
Uh, Derek Wolf was outstanding. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we'll see where all this goes. They didn't even have a chance to get Atiba Rubin, who they signed a couple days before, uh, onto the field. It was just mm-hmm. way too short a turnaround time from signing him on Friday to playing on Sunday, and I think they made the right choice. But they were, they were aggressive. They knew that the Cowboys were going to run up the middle. Either... Uh, Marshall or Davis was going to to shoot those gaps and yep. approach that. Then when the Broncos uh, had an effective offense, they were able to play complementary football. The, the defense basically kept things tight. The offense then opened the game up, and then it became a whole lot easier for the defense as the Cowboys went almost completely away from the run. At the end of the game, you're looking at the Cowboys uh, passing 79% of their plays. <laughs> that is not the way they want to play. No. But I, I think that Von Miller is in opponent's head to the extent oh, now yeah. that even coaches go against what they should be doing. This was a bad game plan by Jason Garrett mm-hmm. of the Cowboys. Uh, you should have continued. A tight game, you absolutely should have continued to feed Elliott, even if it wasn't working. Just At to wear the middle of the Broncos yeah. down. Something. But for some reason, and I'm, I'm getting, I'm betting, you know, that to a certain extent they were worried it was Von Miller. They wanted to throw the Broncos a curve of some variety and decided they'd go pass heavy. But uh, in the end, Miller, who jumped offsides three different times in that game, made no difference. I, I, I compared the offsides uh, plays, Ryan, to a, a pitcher in baseball buzzing a, a power hitter inside. Right. Just to back him off the plate, just to get it in his head yes. that oh he's coming. Now Vaughn did not intentionally jump off sides, mm-hmm. but the funny thing is it's not that disastrous a play because Dak Prescott, you could tell, every single time was like oh boy, okay, oh man, he's really coming because right. he's jumping off sides. And, and and I think Prescott, especially in the second half, was hearing footsteps. He missed targets wide. He yeah. was running for his life. Miller still got to him. Uh, just a phenomenal, a poor game plan by Jason Garrett of the Cowboys. An outstanding defensive game plan by new defensive coordinator Joe Woods for the Broncos. Absolutely. I think uh, this defense loves a challenge. That's I think that's what it is. You go back to even the Super Bowl year. Tom Brady coming into Denver. Oh, he can get it off in two seconds. All right, we'll see. Cam Newton, biggest you know, biggest quarterback, powerful offense. All right, we'll see. And Ben Roethlisberger ben before Roethlisberger that. Ben Roethlisberger before that. You know, and I mean, this goes back last year too, but then, okay, Zeke Elliott, Cowboys run defense. Okay, we'll see. And, I mean, what else can you say? I mean, this this defense, I think we do. I think we have just become so used to them being good that we are looking for flaws and looking for that one team that's going to make them look, you know, just regular. And we thought it was going to be this because of their run game. But, I mean, like you said, I think, I know Vaughn went five games. I know he had two sacks, but I know he went through five games without a sack. Oh, who, but, who cares? like you're saying, the offense changes their game plan so much, he's just as effective not getting sacks as, as getting yeah. sacks, I think, because of just what teams do to try and stop that. And regardless of that... He still finished with the most total pressures of anyone in the league yesterday with 12. 12 total pressures. It, that's insane to think about. Well, second in the league, by the way, for, for pro football focus, uh, Shaq Barrett. Yes. Uh, again, so, I mean, they so, came after them. This is, this is what we talked about after the Chargers game, too. Von Miller didn't have the big stats. Yeah. Von Miller is at a level that you rarely see guys at. We're talking Lawrence Taylor-type yes. levels where... Teams are terrified of going to his side, and, and we saw it against the Chargers. Vaughn didn't make a lot of tackles. He didn't get sacks. But if there were assists, 
Like they were in basketball. Vaughn steered guys into other players, into his teammates all game long. He did it again. Uh, He's looked like the best defensive player in football, maybe the best player in football Mm -hmm. to me. He's been absolutely electric. Uh, The Cowboys are not going to forget that anytime soon. So uh, Miller's playing it at the highest level I think I've ever seen him play, which is really saying something because this guy's played it at really Hall of Fame caliber uh, type performances before. So uh, the, the the defense has just been phenomenal. There's also a luxury, let's be totally honest and not forget about it. Both Chris Harris and Aqib Glebe picks. Oh my picks. gosh, right. Yeah. Uh, Glebe's <laughs> breaks Deion Sanders' record, uh-huh. uh, uh, or at least passes Deion Sanders on the all time list for pick sixes with a 103 yard scamper that uh-huh. really salted the game away. But the fact that you can even face a guy like Des Bryant and say, I, I have Harris. He can handle him one-on-one. I have to leave. He can handle him one-on-one. Even I have Bradley Roby can handle him one-on-one. And again, unlike something you see against like with the Seattle Seahawks, where Richard Sherman only plays on one side of the field, the Broncos, at at different points of the game, put all three of those corners on, on Des Bryant because they were smart enough to understand, look, Des Bryant's an outstanding receiver. If he gets, keeps getting the same looks all game long from the same guy, mm-hmm. he will eventually beat you. Yeah, and he had the, a touchdown. Yeah, yeah. The, the Broncos were smart enough not to sit there and let their egos take charge. They were they played a smart, mm-hmm. team-focused game, complimentary football on both sides. The defense was outstanding. And we still haven't gotten to, oh, that guy that nobody wanted to be quarterback Travis <laughs> in yet. Yes, all right, so it's a, it's a good way to move to the offense. Again, Last week we saw, oh, okay, when firing on, on all cylinders, this offense can be pretty good. Then we saw this week and we go, okay, this offense can be really good if they're firing on all cylinders. What was the most impressive part of yesterday? Trevor's performance, I know he had four touchdowns, or the fact that the running game still looks really potent? It's the running game, again, uh-huh. clearly. This is something that the that. Broncos uh, have been trying to get going for a while. They had 140 yards rushing last week, which, you know, if you're the, the Broncos fan, you're looking at it and going, oh, my what? gosh, when's the I'll last I'll take that every week. That yeah. happened. I, I, I can't believe it. Well, they, they rock it by that with 178, 39 carries, 4.6 per. They were able to chew up the clock. They were able to continually grind for first downs. The combination of C.J. Anderson did the lion's share, 25 carries. But Jamal Charles was on the field a lot, even when he wasn't getting the ball. This is a really, really good combination of guys. They both have skills that are, are somewhat different. C.J. ran with as much power as you've probably ever seen him run. An yeah. early run broke five separate tackles on his way uh, down the field, including lowering his shoulder and plowing over a guy like he was Earl Campbell. And, and Jamal Charles has been explosive in his time, too. The, the concern for the Broncos, obviously, is both these guys have injury concerns. You can't play like they have injury concerns. Right. But the fact that they can spell each other, that's a pretty good thing, too. Maybe the most important thing out of the backfield, and you saw it with T.J. Anderson's touchdown catch, is that they can both catch. Yes. Now, Charles is an all-timer in catching out of the mm. backfield, but C.J. can get it done, So, which means that for the Broncos, if they put either back in, even if they go with the two-back set, you can't, as a defense, presume that it's a run. Mm-hmm. You don't know who it's going to go to. And that's very valuable. Trevor Simeon hit eight different receivers yeah. yesterday, including C.J. Anderson, uh, a couple of times and got him for that touchdown as well. So to me, it's the running game. The uh, we we did talk about it in this podcast, and I've been saying on my radio show, My Life Sports, that the Broncos' offensive line should be immediately demonstrably better on the ground in yeah. the running game. Pass protection is going to take a little bit longer, and it most certainly is. Trevor Simeon, out of the 34 quarterbacks that have thrown 15 or more passes, has the second 
least time to throw. Right. 2.27 seconds. The only person that has uh, less time to throw, amazingly, is Derek Carr. (laughs) Not that it's hurt them either. All right. But then again, Derek Carr is the second high-paced player in the league. Yeah. The Broncos are getting a bargain with Trevor Simeon, who, by the way, does have more touchdowns than any other quarterback in the league, too. But, yeah, it's Mm -hmm. it's the running game. The running game is driving everything. Mm -hmm. It means that people can't uh, sag back. It, it, It allows... Emmanuel Sanders and, and Demarius Thomas to work in one-on-one situations. Uh, it's the running game that runs all of it, and plus with an offense that still, I, I, I think we'd agree, we'd say it's not an offense that's dominant. No. They, they played very well yesterday, but you wouldn't look at it and say, this is what they're going to do week in, week out. Yes. So the fact that they can have that running game dominate the time of possession, rest their defense, that is the formula for success for the Denver Broncos. It's about whether they can sustain it, but against an opponent, this Cowboys team to me, Ryan, it felt like the perfect kryptonite for everything the Broncos had, and they smashed them. Yes. This wasn't mm-hmm. a game. Wasn't close. Wasn't close. Uh, I will agree with you on the run game. I mean, two of Trevor's touchdowns came on play action at the goal line, and I think I think even the the Emmanuel's first touchdown he faked to CJ before throwing it to Emmanuel. So the fact that again that CJ is healthy and he's running like you said like just a man possessed he was like just lowering shoulders and that, that that early run you were talking about just bouncing off guy or people really bouncing off him but let's bring it back to earth a little bit mm-hmm. it is week 2 2 and 0 oh. if i had to take a shot for every cowboys defender i could name i'd drive home sober um, so you know this team started 4-0 last year, too. And they had a very similar game against the Bengals. Trevor right. threw for four touchdowns. Right. That was against a playoff team the year before. And you thought, oh, well, well, maybe that's just coming in. I think this goes back to the running game. If they can keep a solid ground game, keep the time of possession game in your favor, then last year's dip that we saw at the end of the year may not be as drastic. Again, their end on they, they're... Schedule at the end of the season is not one that most teams want. A lot of away games. Yeah. But at the same time, you see that maybe with the Mike McCoy offense, this can be a team that at least keeps up the point scoring throughout the season rather than get, getting figured out that I thought the Kubiak offense did. I think teams just figure that offense out. I think with McCoy, they're going to at least keep it mixed up enough to keep it effective. Yeah, we talked about the the usage of the tight ends last week after the win over the Chargers mm-hmm. and how important that was for them. So what, now we see a, a situation where Simeon again spreads it around. Uh, the play action is starting to take shape. Simeon has been effective on the bootlegs. He is looking to make plays through the air on the bootlegs, mm-hmm. not just tuck it and run. And, and to my mind, part of the reason Mike McCoy was brought back, and everyone talks about Mike McCoy's time at the Broncos, is, wow, look what he was able to do with Tim Tebow. Well, what the things that Trevor Simeon does well, he is pretty accurate. He is very, very intelligent. Yes. Absorbs the playbook. Well, if you're Mike McCoy, this is something you can you work can with. You can work with that, right? This is a guy that, that every week, I'm like, hey, you know what, Trevor, we need to add in another half dozen mm-hmm. plays. Can we do that this week? He can look at him and like, yeah, I'll get that, Coach. Right. So, I, I think for McCoy, he, it's pretty evident that this is a, this is a skill set in Trevor Simeon and, and a mindset in Trevor Simeon that he can work with and start to utilize. And I, I think that he was significantly better this week than he was last week, and he was pretty good last week. So uh, the Broncos, I think, are starting to believe. The bright side for me is uh, I understand there's always going to be the, the excitement about the first-round pick if he's going to be a superstar. Look, Gary Kubiak is the one that pushed to sign Trevor Simeon to draft mm-hmm. him in the seventh round. 
John Elway picked Brock Osweiler. John Elway traded up to pick up Paxton Lynch. At this point in time, now that Simeon is producing, right. there is no argument. The potential of a, a Lynch or even an Osweiler should never trump production. As long as Trevor Absolutely. Simeon produces, this quarterback controversy that we've sat through for a little over a year, it's over. Trevor Simeon right. is the quarterback for the Denver Broncos. Again, I think in, in, in maybe John Elway's era, an all-around athlete with a big arm like Paxton maybe is more effective. But in this era where defenses are the fastest they've ever been and you got to make decisions faster than you ever have, I think it's easier to work with a quarterback like Trevor than fix a quarterback like Paxton or make something work for Paxton. And with this offensive line, maybe if you had the Cowboys offensive line for Paxton and he had four seconds to throw, maybe he does it. But Trevor, I think you're right. I think while not Manning-esque, I think he does see plays before they happen. And his intelligence level, and while... Again, he, he missed tons of throws yesterday. He had sure. Demarius Thomas sure. wide open for a touchdown. He had a few almost interceptions that made me go, oh, that was close. But but that's nitpicking. But that's the, nitpicking, the, that, exactly. That, that same night, I watched Aaron Rodgers play against the Atlanta Falcons and their loss. I watched four balls that could have been right. intercepted. Right. That's football. That's, that's football. Guys don't make every catch. Guys don't right. make every throw. Guys don't make every pick. Otherwise, sports would be really boring. So <laughs> at a certain point, you got to zoom out and realize you're, you are nitpicking here. Uh, and and Simeon's been basically exactly what the Broncos needed, right. realistically, because, you know, it's not like the Packers are tired of losing and just going to trade you Aaron Rodgers today. So I think but if they, they wanted to, happy. we would oh, listen. Yeah, yeah you know, sure, of course. <laughs> I, I think he'd listen. But uh, you, you hit it on the head when it comes to quarterback play in the NFL now. The, the idea that you can be Brett Favre or John Elway mm-hmm. and just kind of run around. Randall Cunningham. And, right, mm-hmm. Randall Cunningham. All those kind of quarterbacks, you could, you could just kind of run around and buy yourself time, mm-hmm. wait for someone to come open, and just use a big arm to fling it down the field. I think it's a blind spot for John Elway. That doesn't succeed anymore. Mm-hmm. And you look at the quarterbacks that have dominated the last decade. You see Tom Brady. You see Drew Brees. You see Peyton Manning. You look this, Rivers. Yeah, you look at this year. You look at how Alex Smith is doing. Matt Ryan. Yeah. It's not always dink and dunk. And I don't think that Simeon's been dink and dunk this year either necessarily. Has mm-hmm. he gone deep as much as, say, a Rodgers? No. But it's about delivering a ball into small windows on time within those mid-range passes between somewhere between 8 right. and 15 yards. And and that's the way you succeed now because they pass so often that that becomes the running game, much like it, it sprung out of the Bill Walsh system of, of the West Coast offense. The, the short passing game is a run. It is right. a handoff. Mm-hmm. It eats the clock. It wears down the defense. So you don't – it's not that it's not nice to have somebody. You could be a Farver and Elway run around or do that as well – but that's secondary. The right. important thing is on time, on target. So, like you were saying, if, if Trevor Simeon, I mean, I think we would all say he's at least top 20, but I don't know if he breaks top 10 of quarterbacks in the league at the moment. Oh, no. So, no. but Demarius Thomas is top 10 wide receivers. Yes. Emmanuel Sanders is at least up there. C.J. Yes. Anderson is up there in, in top running backs. So right get now. the ball to them. And I think that's what's working. If It's like, all right, well, five yards here. Demarius, make a play. Here, Emmanuel, make a play. That's all you want. And and that, that was the biggest gripe with Paxton. Is, uh, all right, that's great. You can throw, but you haven't thrown two of your receivers. <laughs> like, right. They're going right over their heads. Right. No and, one's happy. And the, you know, the creativity is great. But by and yeah. large, the, the teams have you 
scouted to pieces now. Yeah, the, the, all the, all the ability for video, all the big data. They know all your tendencies. It's a different world. The, the, the Broncos threw 24 first downs, you know, almost doubled Dallas. They, they were able to really keep the, the chains moving. 24 uh, pretty pretty down. phenomenal wow. stuff. I mean, when you look at the uh, when you look at the, the the total numbers across the board, I mean, they're fascinating. Mm-hmm. You know, Trevor Simeon with the uh, 22 completions on the 22 completions, 12 of them, pardon me, 13 of them went for first downs. All right. So then, exactly. That's. This is where the nitpicking comes in. You go, okay, yeah, you didn't hit that one throw to Demarius. But 13 first downs is and something... And you won 42-17. Oh, right, right, oh, my right. goodness. You know. Exactly. So, uh, all right, this Man, room... you're just making yourself miserable, everybody. Stop <laughs> nitpicking. Enjoy. <laughs> all right, the room we are in is about as cold as some of the haters' hearts. Uh, so we're going to get out of here. Again, this has been the Broncos Blitz podcast brought to you by Tap14. Go to tap14.com to see all of the beers that they offer, all of the distilled spirits that they offer. You'll be scrolling for a while because it's a very, very long list. Sean is about, what, a third of the way through? That's about right. Okay. Yeah, this summer, yeah. Yeah. Um, Rotates out a lot. I don't know if his liver will last that long, but but he's going to try. I have a spare. He would have spares, right? He's going to try for sure. I think they grow back. Yeah, yeah. that's what I heard. That's, That's it. All right, so make sure to go check out Tap 14. Great bar. As, as we were saying earlier, just a great bar to, to man, just hang out, really. It's a great place to just be in Denver. All right, that'll wrap it up for us. For Sean Drotart, my name is Ryan Green. This has been the Broncos Blitz Podcast on 5280 Sports Network. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.